What a wild couple of weeks. It has been crazy, to say the least. Uh, If you know, you know. Uh, If you don't, well, I'm going to tell you. Last week, Hiker made offline maps free. Um, Yeah, we took the decision to essentially make all 25,000 trails on our platform uh, free to download. So a little bit more on that later. Um, It's been a busy week otherwise outside of that. Last night, uh, myself and a a couple of the guys from the Hiker team, we attended the Outsider Awards, which is a, uh, I suppose it's uh, it's an online publication. Uh, Outsider.ie is an online publication to do with everything outdoor recreation uh, from hiking, trail running, uh, rowing, mountain biking, sea swimming, everything. And it was just such an amazing experience to be surrounded by so many uh, just lovely people from the outdoor community here in Ireland. Uh, we Hiker were one of the sponsors and we sponsored a couple of the awards um, and we were very proud to do so because we were very proud to be part of the Irish outdoor scene. Speaking of wild weeks, uh, we have another wild conversation for you here on the Hiker Podcast. Uh, I'm joined this week by Sonny Mazzullo, who is the Education Manager for Wild Montana. So much like some of the other organizations that we've spoken to here on the Hiker Podcast, trail organizations and trail advocates, Wild Montana, they protect the land of Montana. They, they protect the wild places of Montana. They confront climate change and they enhance public land access. And Sunny is very instrumental in, in doing that. Uh, so a lot of the conversation centers around trail management and trail advocacy and then education for people uh, about that and, and motivating people to come and to, to join them on their trail projects. Uh, it's just really interesting to hear it from another perspective, to hear from someone who lives and works in, in the state of Montana. And uh, I've only recently become uh, educated and, and aware of the vastness of Montana. It is huge and it's so wild. Uh, probably why they call their organization Wild Montana. Anyway, myself and Sonny had a great conversation about the work that Wild Montana do and that he does and just a shared kind of passion and love for the outdoor spaces. Uh, but before we get into their conversation with Wild Montana and with Sonny, uh, here's a message from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hiker. Hiker is the ultimate hiking toolkit accessible from your mobile device. And now all users can download any of the incredible trail maps for free. That's right, free. Yes, in a time where other applications are increasing their prices and everything else seems to be getting more expensive, we have made the decision to enable everyone to download any of the 25,000 trail maps to their smartphone for free. Many people are asking us why we made this decision. Why would we make something that others charge for free? Well, it's pretty simple, really. Safety shouldn't require a subscription. The most basic item any hiker should have when heading out on a hike is a map. So we want to make sure that this need is met for everyone, even when there's no mobile coverage. 
Hiker's mission is to get more people out hiking. So what better way to do this than to equip everyone with the basic necessities to help them feel more confident in the outdoors. But how are we gonna make money? Fear not. We still have plenty of awesome features and beautiful local and regional maps available on our Pro Plus subscription that are there for when you want to take your hiking to the next level. So what are you waiting for? All you have to do is head to the App Store or Play Store now to download the app for free and then it's time to lace up your boots and get hiking. worth mentioning if you're listening to this and you live in Montana or are planning to visit there or are inspired by this conversation to visit Montana there are hundreds if not thousands of hiking trails now available on Hiker uh, to download for free obviously Um, so yeah a lot of them are making their way into my top 10 I, I, I can't stop looking at it but anyway I'm gonna stop rambling enjoy my conversation with Sonny Mazzullo So Northwest Montana, um, have you heard of Glacier National Park? Yes. So we are about uh, 40 minutes from the West Glacier entrance. Um, so yeah, pretty close, probably as the crow flies, maybe 70 miles to the Canadian border. Okay. So yeah. We're so am I right in saying it's extremely cold there at the moment? You know, we, I had assumed it was going to be very cold when I first moved to Montana, but really we get snaps, uh, but otherwise uh, it's really pretty tolerable. I mean, for the last few weeks, the highs have been in like the mid thirties even. So it would be nice if it was a little uh, colder so we didn't lose our snow, honestly. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, we'll get snaps a couple, three weeks every winter where it gets down to be like negative 10 or even this uh, around Christmas, it was like negative 30 degrees one day, which thankfully I was in Arizona for. Um, Okay. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Not so not too cold, honestly. Okay. That's good. Well, because I was speaking to someone you might be familiar with, uh, Lauren from the CDT's Continental Divide Trade Trail Coalition. And she was telling me about these polar vortexes that she's experiencing where it's getting, you know, you're stepping outside and the the tears on your on your eyelashes are freezing instantly as soon as you step outside the door. Yeah. Yeah. She was uh, probably the only reason I can sound so uh, chipper about it was because I missed out on the latest polar vortex. That was okay. like, yeah, we were down in Arizona. Sun was shining. It was like 70 degrees. And we were seeing friends posting videos of like throwing the water up in the air and it all turns to snow right away. And that kind of thing. You're so. just laughing, drinking your your nice, <laughs> cold, refreshing beer in Arizona. <laughs> yep, just soaking up the rays. So, uh, Sonny, tell me about uh, Wild Montana, first of all. Let's introduce it to our audience. What is it? What do you, what's the kind of work that you guys do? Yeah, so we're a grassroots conservation organization that's been around since 1958. And our mission is to unite and mobilize communities to keep Montana wild. Um, so we achieved that through uh, myriad ways. We've grown substantially 
Um, in the first, oh, like 30 years of the organization, um, it was pretty much completely uh, volunteer led and had one or maybe two staffers. Hmm. And today we're uh, 30 staff members strong. So, wow. Um, and in addition to that added staff capacity, our volunteers are still just as passionate and active as ever. Um, so we've we've grown a lot. The scope of our work has grown a lot. Um, ultimately, there's a focus on um, connecting people to landscapes, um, ensuring that uh, everybody uh, understands and can see for themselves uh, why Montana is so special. Uh, we uh, unite those communities around that shared love for wild places, and then we mobilize them to make a difference. Um, and that's sort of at the core of our work, and I'm sure we'll get into kind of more of the nitty gritty specifics, but it's easier to start broad because we're uh, kind of in so many different different realms these days. For sure. So like Montana, I suppose, is a state that I, uh, from a, an Irish or like a, a transatlantic kind of uh, perspective, wouldn't be so familiar with, but I'm familiar with some of the national parks you mentioned, Glacier National Park, uh, before we started recording. I believe Yellowstone is in uh, Montana. Okay, you're nodding. Yeah, just making sure. We got a sliver. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure there's plenty of national forests and stuff like that. So as, as a destination for, uh, for I suppose, U.S. citizens and, 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 and uh, tourists as well, would it be, is there, is, sorry, is there an increase in, um, in usage of the national parks and of the landscapes? Yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing uh, the same influx as a lot of Western states have been seeing um, with, uh, I, you know, I think it goes, I can speak to, I moved to Montana in 2011 and have been up in the Flathead region um, since uh, 2013. And I think that there was kind of a natural uh, growth in the amount of people that were coming to visit um, and experience it uh, that I associate with, uh, you know, like the rise of uh, social media and, um, you know, people with their, uh, you know, beautiful pictures of uh, the going to the Sun Road on Glacier National Park, drawing more and more visitors. Um, so there is kind of a, a natural trend up in visit visitation and use. And then uh, especially right around uh, the pandemic is uh, kind of when we had this really big surge, um, as a lot of other states experienced, where, uh, you know, uh, tourists uh, were sticking domestic and finally taking that, you know, family vacation to Glacier or Yellowstone that they always talked about. And then also uh, lots of people uh, that had the capability to work remotely now um, or just kind of took a pause and uh, reassessed their life during the pandemic uh, have, have been moving to Montana. And uh, so we have seen uh, our communities growing as well as, uh, you know, visitation growing over the last few years. Right. And, and, and I suppose that that does have an impact on the landscape as well. Like, like I spoke to Kelly in, in VOC and the, the guys in the American Hiking Society and diff various different organizations that do kind of similar things as you guys. But that that increase of usage has an impact on on the landscape. And uh the, the work that you guys, I assume that is to kind of try and mitigate some of that impact and to, to address some of that impact. But then 
also opening other avenues. So you might talk a little bit more about maybe the work that you do then to, uh, to, to help that. Yeah, certainly. So, um, you know, I, uh, got my start and, uh, still am very much, uh, passionate about, uh, the trail work side of conservation. So, um, for the last, uh, 10 summers, I have led, uh, volunteers on trail maintenance projects, uh, all across the state. So a little bit of that time was in AmeriCorps. Um, and then, uh, the last eight years have been, uh, with wild Montana. And, uh, that's, that's one way that, uh, you know, us and our volunteers are stepping up to, um, help address, uh, some of the added, uh, strain on, uh, both the resource and the managers is by, um, you know, mobilizing our volunteers for stewardship activities. So um, the way that looks with our uh, trail crews is, um, you know, there's uh, pretty consistently a trend of, um, which thankfully there's been a slight increase, but our uh, overall, uh, since like the 1980s, the uh, budgets for uh, federal land managers and their recreation uh, allocations have been dwindling, which means uh, less and less people to actually be out there uh, sawing dead logs off the trail and um, chucking rocks off and uh, installing water bars. So um, we help address uh, that gap in um, you know capacity to maintain by getting volunteers on the ground and doing some of that work. Um, and freeing up uh, the land management agencies to, um, you know, be uh, directing their resources elsewhere and overall get more done. So um, the, the, we partner specifically a lot with the Forest Service. Um, we've done quite a bit of trail work with the Bureau of Land Management and then um, less, less often, um, but we have in the past also worked with the National Park Service as well. Okay. It seems kind of counterintuitive that the the resources that are allocated to maintain trails have dwindled, uh, considering the the massive influx of of, uh, of usage. Um, but I suppose that that opens doors for you guys to, to to step in and 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 to take up some of that work. But you would imagine that the the resources would increase, not decrease. Yeah, certainly, and and that is one thing that. Um, we worked on as an organization. So, um, you know, lots of there, there are several um, volunteer groups uh, across the state and uh, different clubs. So it's not just, you know, conservation focused organizations like ours. Uh, there's also, you know, like uh, snowmobile clubs and, uh, you know, motorized user groups that are, um, you know, kind of rallying together to um, help meet this gap in, uh, you know, in recreation infrastructure maintenance. And uh, Wild Montana has been a part of a group called the Montana Trails Coalition uh, that two Montana congressional sessions ago um, helped pass a bill to increase the funding available for uh, those, uh, you know, user groups um, that are, you know, led by volunteers as well as state agencies to apply for funding um, to, you know, conduct those kinds of trail projects. So um, that's been an uptick in, I believe, $2 million a year um, that's been made available through grants to um, help fund the kind of work that needs to be done. So um, 
that that is one area that we're we're trying to help. And you know, I think that there is uh, more attention being paid uh, to the need for more funding in, um, in recent years. So we're kind of helping to beat that drum a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of what we spoke about in the last episode with with Kelly and VOC that unfortunately, sometimes it does take those bad images or those those ugly images of of trails, you know, falling apart and like, you know, just rubbish and, you know, falling into disrepair for people to actually take notice and go, oh, hang on a second, I need to do something about this, whether that be Congress, whether that be uh, the BLM or that be individuals themselves that realize, oh, something needs to be done about this. Maybe I'll pick up, a, you know, pick up tools and do something about it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, of, of mobilizing people then to, to come out and, and help you guys on trails and the different projects that you do, like, how do you, how do you get people to do that? Yeah. So we've built a pretty uh, committed volunteer base uh, our program started in uh, 2012, and we actually used to focus exclusively on the Continental Divide Trail. Uh, so that is uh, near wow. and dear to my heart. I spent a lot of time uh, working on the CDT. And um, yeah, over the course of the last 10 years, uh, we've just had uh, returning volunteer after returning volunteer. So um, that certainly helps to have an experienced base of passionate uh, folks that are willing to come out every summer and lend a hand. Um, on top of that, you know, like you uh, mentioned, like uh, there's just there's a pretty big drive once people get out there and they see the trail choked with deadfall or they notice that, you know, the trailhead is in disrepair. Um, they're thinking, well, I use the resource. I enjoy it. I want to see it being taken care of. What can I do to help? And, uh, you know, thankfully, quite a few of those people find their way to us. Uh, so that's a huge part of it. We organize uh, trail projects and lead them um, with staff. But uh, in addition, there have been our uh, Wild Montana volunteers that are across the state. So we have uh, chapters, seven different chapters and the major population hubs. And there's a really good group of volunteers in each one of those spots. And several of them have seen that work um, either by going out and joining on a trail project or uh, listening to uh, me and my coworkers uh, boast about how many uh, trees we cut out of the trail the weekend before. And they've started their own initiatives um, that are a little bit closer to town and are single day outings, um, as opposed to our, you know, like multi-day outings, sometimes getting packed into the backcountry with, you know, mules and such. So um, yeah, we, we've uh, just been able to, you know, roll, build up some momentum over the last few years. And, uh, you know, thankfully our trail projects typically fill up and our chapter volunteer programs are growing. And uh, yeah, we're we're trying to do do our best to chip away a little bit at the need. Nice, yeah. It doesn't sound like you need much marketing or you need any kind of uh, promotion to, to, fill up, to fill up that. Because, you know, I've spoken to a, a number of different agencies that offer similar uh, experiences, um, albeit their volunteer experiences, but it, it, it's it's hard to turn that down, especially if you are a lover of the outdoors. It's hard to turn down an experience like that. Like, come out with us. We're going to bring you to the best spot. Mm-hmm. We're going to camp. We're going to cook some food. We're going to experience the outdoors, and we're going to to kind of give back a little bit. Yeah, um, it definitely helps that we provide ample amounts of Oreos for all of our volunteers. 
Okay, so, now we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> level stuffed, uh, birthday cake specials. Um, you know, we keep folks on their toes with our Oreo selection, but but they're there and they keep people fueled. Have you have you tried the uh, the campsite Oreo cheesecake before? Oh, I, I have not. You'll have to enlighten me. Oh yeah, it's really really simple. Just get a get a a, a bag of some sort, mush all those Oreos together. Put it in your in your in your coffee cup. Just mash it right down. Get some Philadelphia cream cheese. Pour it on top. You get yourself an Oreo cheesecake. Oh, nice! That sounds like a good calorie reboost. You know, after oh, yeah. you've been hiking for twelve miles a day or something. That's that's good. The most creative uh, Oreo indulgence I've seen so far on a trail project has been. Um, we have a volunteer named Megan. And she makes a peanut butter and Oreo sandwich for lunch. So, oh dear uh, God, yeah, just exactly <laughs> as it sounds, and uh, admittedly delicious. So. Amazing. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna have to get that uh, that recipe. Although I'm pretty sure I can already imagine what that is. <laughs> yeah, you uh, got it. <laughs> Two <yeah>. steps. <laughs> so uh, this might be a little bit more of a phil- philosophical question, but uh, like speaking to different agencies around the country, with trails or or state bodies like yourselves. Um, I suppose what, what makes Montana special, like in your, I suppose in your eyes? Yeah. So, um, I, I'm, I'm an outsider. I moved from Maryland. I grew up on the East coast and I, um, came out in 2011 to join AmeriCorps and pretty immediately, uh, just, you know, I had my socks blown off and, um, I was trying to, you know, figure out. Uh, what it was that uh, I did enjoy so much for uh, those first couple years hiking around. And, um, you know, I think uh, top, top of the list is for me has got to be just the scale. Uh, you know, there's uh, the state is massive. Um, you know, we're in the top five of, um, you know, size states in, in the U S um, and uh, the sheer number of, uh, acreage of public lands is just really astounding. So um, here here in Kalispell, um, we have uh, just to our east is the Bob Marshall Wilderness Complex. And uh, that's three adjoining uh, wilderness areas, uh, the Great Bear, the Scapegoat, and the Bob Marshall. And uh, that area alone is larger than Delaware, which neighboring state in Maryland um, that, you know, I think of as uh, being, uh, you know, I mean, it's a small state, but, uh, it's, uh, it's still a state, you know, and to have a whole state worth of wilderness right in your backyard, um, just, uh, really is, uh, it, it makes me the possibilities of, uh, what you can see and what you can do. Um, even when you're, when you're not actually there enjoying it, uh, just, you know, it, it helps get through the long gray winters here in the flathead for sure. Um, plot yeah. you next there. I think what you're talking about there for anyone who's listening here in Ireland or in the UK or in Europe that that you're talking about a, a state park uh, or, or sorry wilderness the size of the country of Ireland. <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have. I know. I should have done a little research and and compared the acreage. But yeah, I bet. I bet it's not far off. Yeah, I, I do like because uh, obviously with our our app and with our platform, like we have trails all over the world. And Montana is a recent project that we undertook to to 
get as much trail coverage in Montana. I just remember just looking at the maps of Montana and it just being so colossally huge, like from one uh, highway to another highway that running parallel, you're talking a couple of hundred miles, you know, yeah. it's, and it's just pure wilderness. Um, so it is, it is, it, 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 I suppose a hiker or, or an outdoorsman, uh, outdoors person would find that so inviting that you can spend a lifetime there and probably still not even scratch the surface of, of what's potential. Yeah, exactly. That's like my, my takeaway. I kind of figured when I started doing the trail work projects that I'd be chipping away at my list of, you know, places I wanted to see and visit. Uh, but I very quickly found out that just, uh, you know, being, uh, sitting around the campfire and being at camp with folks, uh, they would share some of the places that were special to them. Um, and I realized that the more places I went with all of our volunteers, the longer my list was just getting, cause I just hear about, oh, there's, there's this little range, you know, uh, Island range out, uh, East that uh, you got to go check out or, have you ever been up this drainage before? Or did you know that there's the ruins of an old lookout atop that peak? So, um, yeah, it's uh, just you like exactly like I said, you could spend a whole lifetime and not even scratch the surface, which yeah. to me is, yeah, one of yeah. the things I like most. Um, so that, that I suppose that it, it makes it does make the the scope of what wild montana does so much larger as well what is potential uh what the sorry the potential of what you could be doing as well like the, it is so large so do, do you see that of you know this is how many projects we can take on right now because of the amount of volunteers that we have and the resources that we have and do you see then scope for more like there is more things that you could be doing like is that a is that a i suppose a vision for wild montana yeah, certainly. And, you know, our, I'm especially uh, passionate about our volunteer projects. And, um, you know, I think uh, even with groups like ours, um, in the sense that they have a stewardship program, um, you know, there's, uh, all, there's an infinite amount of trail work to be done out there um, at all times. So, um, you know, there's, there's always room to be doing more. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, one thing that's um, really special about Wild Montana that sets us apart from other groups that um, do have stewardship programs are uh, normally that stewardship program is the whole organization. So um, there's several other, uh, you know, volunteer uh, based uh, trails groups uh, here in Montana that uh, that are that are amazing uh, that we partner with. Um, and but the big thing that sets us apart from them is that we are also involved uh, in advocacy work. So our uh, you know we we are forming uh, collaborative groups uh, within communities uh, that care about a particular landscape. Like for example, up here in the Flathead, um, about uh, seven years ago, um, they convened the Whitefish Range Partnership, and uh, this was a group of um, mountain bikers, uh, or uh, a group of representatives from groups uh, that were, you know, mountain bikers, equestrians, uh, property owners uh, in the nearby area, uh, conservationists, um, snowmobilers. Uh, so, you know, really trying to get a, 
full array of uh, different uh, interests and stakeholders represented um, and, you know, talk out uh, solutions to difficult land management problems and uh, come up with, you know, recommendations uh, to provide agencies uh, kind of as like, you know, this is uh, this this group, the Whitefish Range Partnership represents uh, a really broad cross section of our community here in the Flathead. Um, and, you know, we here was our process. You know, we convened over the course of a couple of years. These are the rec recommendations that we've come up with. Um, and then to provide that to the Forest Service um, as a way to inform their planning process. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th I think where I'm, I'm going with all of this is uh, that that kind of work is uh, happening all across the state. And uh, it's, you know, not just a matter of uh, getting boots on the ground and doing the trail work and working shoulder to shoulder with volunteers and agency partners. Um, but it's also a, a big part of the work is uh, that advocacy component and um, that making, uh, you know, recommendations that uh, we can stand behind that we know um, represent, you know, like a little bit of uh, what everybody wants, not, uh, not just, you know, the desires of a group that's polarized on one end or the other. I get you. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is land for all and that can get misconstrued as well, where you're like, well, I'm one of all, you know, and yeah. therefore my need, needs need to be met and they're prioritized over the next person. So like, it's just making sure that that doesn't get mixed, misconstrued and, 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 and mislabeled. Uh, you kind of already answered it with like the, that, that, that answer with, with uh, what kind of set you guys apart with the advocacy uh, work. But is there, I suppose you might have something else, but is there something, maybe one thing about Wild Montana that you would like the listeners of this show, or I suppose anybody in general to know? Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I did touch a little bit on it, but I'll, I'll elaborate. So I always like the opportunity to do that. I'm a talker. Um, so I, the collaborative nature uh, behind uh, much of our work is really the thing that resonates most to me um, about, you know, Wild Montana. The fact that um, we're working uh, within our communities and uh, really doing our best uh, to, you know, get different perspectives and, um, and to uh, kind of really walk the walk on the fact that, like you mentioned, yeah, like, this is, this is multiple uses as land for all. Um, and it shouldn't just be the desires of, you know, one group, one constituency uh, that are represented here. There's, uh, and thankfully, because Montana uh, is so large and we have so much public land, um, I think, you know, there's, there's room for everybody to get a little bit of what they need, if not everything uh, that they want. And uh, yeah, that, that collaborative, uh, identity is uh, something that I think we should be aspiring to, uh, not just as Montanans, but uh, just as people to uh, kind of come together and uh, really live that uh, democratic ideal of, um, you know, agree, you know, working with somebody that you might disagree with to come to common ground solutions. Um, and yeah, we, we have a uh, collaborative groups like that working all over the state. And uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll catch crap from people on the far left and catch crap from people on the far right. But, uh, you know, what I always tell folks that 
ask me about that is just, you know, if you're catching it from both ends, then you're probably doing something right. So um, I'm proud to work for a place that, uh, you know, does their best to kind of, kind of live in that sweet spot. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, for, Sonny, for coming on and, and, and telling us all about Wild Montana and Montana as well. It's certainly a state that, as I said, was not something that was within, even as an outdoor uh, outsider myself, like uh, it wasn't a uh, top of my list, but in the last, certainly after this conversation and your Oreo uh, peanut butter sandwiches, like I'm, uh, that's, that's put it up there, but the work that you do sounds absolutely amazing, and uh, it's 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 just inspiring to hear that there's so many people. Like your volunteer programs, your stewardship programs are 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 kind of filled up, and your trail projects are always filled up with people that are eager to get out there. It's so encouraging to hear that people want to give back and be and be stewards for the land. Um, is it, where can people find out more if they, if you know they. They want to squeeze into one of your trail programs uh, or just learn more about wild montana yeah so the website is wildmontana.org and uh you know there's uh ways you can sign up for the newsletters you can read our blogs and um our uh, all of our trail projects our volunteer led uh hikes uh through our wilderness walks program uh all that stuff makes its way onto the website. And if you sign up for the um, emails, we'll send out alerts for yeah, ways that you can join, get involved, and also give back and help make a difference. Absolutely. And, and donations obviously go a, a long way as well for uh, for keeping up the work that you guys do. Well, Sonny, yeah. thank you so much again for, for coming on and, and talking. Um, I'm definitely going to uh, hit you up about these uh, these Oreo sandwiches. And uh, next, as soon as I get over to Montana, I'll, I'll give you give you a call. Yeah, and yeah, well, I'll uh, have a peanut butter Oreo sandwich uh, waiting on the pillow for you in our guest room downstairs. So nice. Uh, you can, yeah, you can come spend a few days in Kalispell. Sounds like a dream. Okay, thanks, Sonny. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much again to Sonny and for Wild Montana for coming on the show and telling us all about the work that they do in protecting the land and, and really inspiring more people to become stewards for, for the state of uh, Montana. That's it for this week. We'll be back really, really soon with another interview. And until then, happy trails. Happy trails.